what we have seen, and to paint a brief background picture, we've seen that over a number of years that gang violence has increased. Our conviction rate in terms of gang-related activities are in the 2% category, which shows that not enough arrests are being made and not enough convictions are cons- or um, or, um, and not enough convictions are happening to send a key message and a strong message to perpetrators and gang members that they will ultimately be caught. Because what we've also seen is that there has been a chronic under-resourcing in terms of the South African Police Service, together now with a 10% vacancy rate. And we have fostered valuable relationships, Sakina, here in the Western Cape WhatsApps, but often the resourcing allocation that comes from national leaves the men and women in blue here in the Western Cape hamstrung because they are doing the job of three or four or five people. Sadly, during our policing needs and priorities report, it's a legislative process that we undertake in order to engage the South African Police Service in our oversight role. And there we found that our detectives here in the Western Cape sit with a caseload of 250 dockets on average per detective, which is humanly impossible on the one hand, that they are unable to do the detective work and then ultimately secure convictions. But also we know that there has been budgetary cuts in terms of what is happening at justice with the NPA, etc. So it's in that context that it's so important that I am I'm, I'm on a mission, Sakina. It's now, a, it's now 30 days and one uh, um, it's our month and one day since my appointment. But I've been very clear in terms of fostering the working relationships, strengthening those relationships here with the South African Police Service, but also holding SAPs accountable, but also making sure that the Western Cape safety plan is being felt in our communities. And what that safety plan speaks to is a two-pronged approach. On the one hand, we have law enforcement, and we have gone outside of our mandate in order to partner with the city of Cape Town in order to deploy additional boots on the ground in the form of law enforcement advancement program, which is commonly known as LEAP. And these LEAP officers are stationed strategically in our 13 hotspot areas here in the Cape Metro, together with three outside of the metro in our districts in the Western Cape. And we've seen in working together with the South African Police Service as the lead agency and Neighborhood Watch members, the CPFs, we've been able to see in the last quarter that the crime stats for Kayalicha actually indicated that, that, that there was a drop in Kayalicha of 12%, despite now in this new year there has been a number of mass shootings. But an area like Nyanga, which you would know have been commonly known as the murder capital of South Africa, it's and no the longer world. the murder capital. It's no longer the murder capital of South Africa because of that coordinated approach. But even though we still have a very long way to go in that regard. So it is very concerning. I am deeply um, upset and angered by the amount of gang violence that we are experiencing, but also the mass shootings. Whenever three or more people are gunned down or murdered, we have innocent people that are losing their lives due to these gang attacks and the violence that flare up, but I can confidently say, on the one hand, we've seen successes in the amount of firearms that are confiscated in terms of the extra boots on the ground and the work we are doing, and I'm not sure if you are aware, and but yesterday, 
um, we actually launched our safety dashboard. I had a look at that. I did have a look uh, at that, Mr. Allen. Oh, okay, cool. So... I'm listening to you and, and, and I'm reminded of um, a message, a tweet that I read from one of our listeners talking about the Reserve Bank being unable to somehow allay the fears of South Africans economically. And I'm listening to you talking about um, the increases in, uh, you know, gang violence. You're talking about the the under-resourced police and safety services. And, um, of course, the shootings, the killings continue unabated, Mm. it would seem. And I can't help but think that with all the best intentions, you are not allaying the fears of the mothers, the fathers, the children, the people Mm. who live on the Cape Flats, who've been living under siege, as it were, uh, Mm. for many, many years. So if you failed, and yes, I appreciate that you've only been in the job for only over a month, but of course it's about collective accountability and responsibility. So if the government has failed to actually deal with this crime and and, and gangsterism in particular uh, prior to the numbers rising, how are you going to deal with it now that it's seemingly getting Mm. worse? Thank you so much. I was getting to to that part of it. Um, And I'm glad that you have highlighted because that fear um, that communities are sensing, I'm also experiencing. And I've seen it firsthand growing up in Mitchell's Plain. So I'm fully aware of the enormity of this task. On the one hand, I do want to say to community members, to the mom, to the dad, to the young boy, um, that in terms of the coordinated approach, Sakina, is that we do know that there's different levels of government, different spheres of government. We have the national we have the provincial local government together with stakeholders. We currently have 16,000 neighborhood watch members. That is accredited uh, by the Department of Police Oversight and Community Safety here in the Western Cape, and they represent 454 accredited neighborhood watches. We have 151 CPF at every SAP station. So in our oversight role, I want to ensure uh, that we extend our oversight mandate because that is so important, that's in the Constitution, but also to let residents know that we are making sure that SAPs are are, are held accountable, Mm. that we are doing everything in our power to make sure that the recommendations that we put forward are actually implemented, but also in terms of what we do in violence prevention to ensure that we look at the whole-of-government approach, whole-of-society approach, the root causes of crime that is contributing to young people joining a gang, for example, and increasing the gang numbers. So, yes, there's a long way to go, but what I've been saying consistently is that once communities are able to work together, once we are able to foster working relationships, and I've been keen, I don't want to play politics, on the one hand, I do know politics is being played, and it, it makes me, it, it angers me, Sakina, because I know that if I'm a choose between a vote and a, and, a, um, and a life, I will always lean towards wanting to do everything in my power to help someone and to mm. create safer communities. But obviously, this is one aspect that I know I can't do it alone, and we need people like yourself, people like the national government, people like the provincial government, including local government, to jointly work together in that coordinated approach. And I'm going to push hard for that to ensure that we are held accountable, but also that we do make a difference in our communities. Mm -hmm. Just earlier today, 
um, I spoke to a mom from 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 Heidefeld, and I could again exactly hear the sentiment, I, and, and I could understand. But afterwards, um, I left there knowing that that lady is part of a walking bus, and she's contributing, and she's making a difference, and she's relaying her fears. Uh, and I could totally understand that we actually have too many, we, not too many, we actually have such a lot of, of dedicated men and women in our communities, together with the SAPs, that, that is working. We obviously have a few rotten apples in terms of what we need to get out of the safety structures if we hear about corruption within the SAPs, etc. Yeah. But 